Welcome to the Rust Belt Rundown, brought to you by Rust Belt Recruiting. This podcast is designed to shine a light on the meaningful work being done in Northeast Ohio and the surrounding region. We will convene manufacturing executives and Northeast Ohio business leaders for candid discussions about their business, regional happenings, industry trends, entrepreneurship, and more. Now, let's get running on the rundown. Welcome, everyone, to a special episode of the Rust Belt Rundown, a production by Workforce LLC. I'm your host, Paul O'Connor, and on this episode, we are joined by Bryce Sylvester of Team NEO to discuss Team NEO's Developing Opportunities event that's happening November 14th. Bryce, welcome to the show. Paul, thanks for having me. Excited to uh, talk about a lot of different things, but obviously, we'll get to the event as well. Um First, uh, first and foremost, tell us about your role with Team Neo and you know the kind of work that you're doing on a day to day basis. Yeah, I'm I'm the senior director of site strategies at Team Neo, and what that means for me is I'm primarily focused on proactive site development and location analysis for large sites and small sites all throughout the region. So we've got 18 counties in Northeast Ohio. And so we spend a lot of time in urban environments where we're looking at 10, 15 acre sites. And we spend a lot of time in suburban and rural environments where we're looking at 100, 200, 300 acre sites. So the name of the game for us is how do we partner with the local economic development professionals, property owners, professional services firms to prepare that site. So when lead opportunities come, we can slot in and compete. So I spend a lot of my time there, and then uh, I lead outreach to site selection consultants that are out of market. So we do a lot of outreach for folks that are outside of the Cleveland, Akron, Canton area uh, to get exposure for the whole region. So I've asked, we've had a couple of your colleagues on the podcast in the past, um, and I've asked this question, and it's, it's a little hard. Because I imagine at some points, yes, at some points, no. But are there cities that you run into in terms of competition or you see a lot like a business is debating Cleveland or the Cleveland area and here, uh, name X city. Do you see that a lot or is it really just all over the map because people need different things? Yeah, I would say a couple scenarios that I run into often are a company that identifies the Midwest as a mm-hmm. location for its next investment. So that's going to be your, depending on the states you choose, maybe six to eight states that would be in that Midwest competition. Mm-hmm. But then we also see, particularly from uh, foreign investment or companies maybe that are coming to the United States for the first time, Ohio competing with the Carolinas, Ohio mm-hmm. competing with Texas, Ohio competing with Georgia. And so, you know, a big part of our advantage in Ohio, one is the structure of our economic development system. Having Jobs Ohio be a privatized economic development agency is rare mm-hmm. as it relates to our peers across the country. That gives us some advantages to compete. And then the other is just our strength in manufacturing. And frankly, you could extend that to Michigan and Pennsylvania, a little bit of Indiana as well, um, Illinois. Uh, but we perform well relative to our peers on skilled labor 
and mm-hmm. manufacturing talent. So a lot of times that puts us on the list. Got it. So you dove into this type of work right away. You started working out for, or you started working for the city of Lakewood and city planning um, and development. How did you get involved in the work? Is this something that you always knew you wanted to be a part of? It wasn't. I got my undergrad in finance from Baldwin Wallace. I went to go work for two years in kind of a leadership development program. Somehow, Paul, I ended up doing a volunteer service project down in Costa Rica. We were rebuilding this community center in this really poor city outside of uh, San Jose. And I came back and I was like, man, I got to figure out how to do something like that. And Mm -hmm. I felt this sort of call to service almost and uh, found my way to Cleveland State, get my master's in urban planning, Uh, got my first job at City Hall in Lakewood. And I spent about 10 years there. And the part that I fell in love with was the real estate component and particularly how real estate development can combine with long-term city planning to really do special things for community. So I think for me, it, it sort of comes down to like a desire to help advance our communities forward. And I kind of come back to that trip down to San Jose, Costa Rica often. It's amazing. How did you learn about that opportunity or how did you like, how did that all come about? Yeah, I, I was having one of those like months or two months or maybe three or four months long and not enjoying my job. And I was like, man, I gotta do, I gotta find something. There's gotta be something else out there. So I, I did some Google searching. I think I talked to a couple of my friends that had done Peace Corps related stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, they told me to try this thing out. So I found an organization. I stayed with the family down there for two weeks and we effectively did volunteer stuff until about 12 or one every day. And then we got to explore the, the rest of the day, nice. which was really fun. Yeah. Um, that's a good gig. How long were you down yeah. there? It was, uh, it was 14 days for wow. so two weeks. That's sweet. That's awesome. It was man. fun. man. Great. It was really um, fun. So that's interesting. It's a good segue. You mentioned, you know, doing something special for the community you know, as a Northeast Ohio native, how have you seen investments in sites, in business development uh, areas change not only the physical landscape of Northeast Ohio, but also just the economic and, you know, job prospects, uh, you know, landscape as well? Yeah, the thing that I saw over and over again in Lakewood and that I see now a lot in our region it's kind of a first principle that I come back to with development, which is development gets more development. So once you get the first one done, it's a little bit easier to get the second one done and the third and the fourth. And if you're decent at this work and you start to combine real estate development with city and county and regional and state goals, that's where the magic starts to happen as it relates to the job landscape and the overall economic landscape. So if you're able to get an industrial project done, it's a little easier to get that housing project supported because there's more workers. City maybe likes the housing development. It's a little bit easier to get the retail project built down the street. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of real estate or the physical landscape changing, when you see that happening, it also is opening up all these doors for families to get jobs it's showing progress for a community in a particular place. 
that signals stability in other assets around it. So from my perspective, that like physical change and the focus on the real estate asset component is really representative of the possibilities of what you can do in a city, a region, or a state. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, I'm down here in Columbus, and the talk of of the town for about 18 months, maybe even longer, has been Intel, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's it's funny. People will even joke in the business community, like, we have to talk about something else, guys. Like, we know they're here, they're coming, it's all fantastic, but like, we can't keep doing it. Yeah. Um, but what people in the know are bringing up is like, yes, Intel was the huge uh, white whale, if you will. But what that actually, all the things you said, spot on housing and retail, but in order to support that Intel operation, there are other businesses now that are going to need to pop up in support of that. And I think yeah. that's one thing that has not been talked about a lot um, is the almost ecosystem that comes with that type of investment. Have yeah. I assume you guys have seen that a, a, a ton of times in, in your in your work? Yeah, related to the Intel uh, win, which was just so big for the state mm-hmm. uh, and awesome for Columbus, but certainly for Ohio in general, we're all paying attention to what the impacts will be for suppliers. And mm-hmm. I think that that's slowly trickling in. And I, I think about it two ways, Paul. I, I see it as new opportunities for tier one, tier two, tier three suppliers that are going to come associated with an Intel. Yep. Or if you come to our region, you know, Ford had an enormous announcement that they're going to build a new electric commercial vehicle at the Avon Lake plant. Yep. It has 2,000 jobs associated with it. You take those like two centers of activity new suppliers can be attached to them. But the other thing is that we have a very strong manufacturing base in Ohio now. And so the company in Columbus or the company just outside of Akron that supplies Ford or is going to supply Intel, they get an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, as an economic development person, that organic growth is the best. Yep. The attraction stuff is awesome. Uh, but most of our work is really on expansion opportunities. And so um, I'm most excited about that. Yeah, love it. Okay, let's get into the specifics of, you know, why you're here today and talk about the Developing Opportunities event. Um, what's, what are the details around the event? What's all happening? Give us the, the 411. Yeah, so over the last year, our sites team has gone through a fairly robust analysis where we took two years of site searches. So that's anytime a consultant or a company pushed out a search in Northeast Ohio or Ohio. Those searches usually have a Excel file attached to them, usually defined as a request for information, an RFI. We took 150 of these RFIs and we parked them into a giant Excel file. And our hypothesis was if we could filter by industry and carve out literally every single thing that these companies are asking for, we can start to teach ourselves more proactively what the companies will want by industry. So the hypothesis was, let's say out of that 150, there were 20 food manufacturing projects. Could we filter by food manufacturing and then see what they're asking for? Utilities, due diligence, 
the type of site, the type of labor that they need. And then we pull all of that forward and we say, okay, let's go find our best sites for food manufacturing based on the intelligence that's in this analysis. So we effectively did that. It took us about nine months and we've created these industry sheets that are going to be published to our network that are meant to organize developers, property owners, local economic development professionals around what these industries need. And we hope that that's going to do two things. One, it's going to identify the sites that are good for each industry. And it's also going to identify the sites that aren't good for any particular industry, which is going to give us focus and allow us to go on offense. So really the, the whole goal of the Developing Opportunities Report and this event on the 14th is we want to improve the probability to close projects. And we are going to communicate a way to do that via proactive site development, proactive site marketing. That's awesome. Um, I'm curious to see based on when you started and when you finished, did AI have any health? Did you get to, cause I hear Excel and I'm like, Oh, oh man, God. I feel like chat GPT could, could do some things. So we kicked this off in the fall of last year. And a lot of the analysis was like February and March. And Paul, we asked ourselves this and, went into chat GPT and asked for help a lot, could not mm -hmm. figure out how to do it. And it's so funny because I've leaned into it quite a bit more. Yeah. And I think even in this, like the last six months, I think there's been so much advancement in the yes. tools that you can use. Yep. But the next time that we do this, which is going to be every year, you better believe we're going to be going to AI to help us. Yep. I can imagine you said 150 and I'm, I'm thinking of all the oh. tags and in, in that Excel sheet. Like, oh, man. That is it was not... so tough. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that being uh, stressful um, and then even just saving it and sharing it and the whole thing. So um, man, that's a, how did that idea come about? Cause it's, yeah. How, how did that all start? Yeah. So it was the, like the summer of 2022, we had been for about a year understanding that our site inventory across the region was low. There weren't a lot of sites to compete for lead opportunities. And then through my interactions across the country, every state was kind of in this position. So it's really a United States thing that people need more sites. So that was really the first input. Across and the any second. Like they just need no more sites across anything or manufacturing specifically? Specifically for, I would call the traded sector. So oh. manufacturing would be one, but you could go automotive, logistics, distribution, really any of the Jobs Ohio target industry sectors. And there's not enough good sites? That's a way better way to put it. Yep. So there are sites, but yeah. Okay. Got it. We Got don't it. know the utilities or there's not due diligence or we don't know the price. Hmm. So there was that kind of like pressure almost in the summer. And then the second component of it was our partners that work at cities and counties that compete, help us compete for these opportunities. 
they kept telling us like, Hey, we keep sharing all this information with you. Isn't there a way to look at it in the macro? And so we just started to dabble in how you might be able to capture all of this information in a master file. Paul, these leads come in an email and then there's like a separate Excel file. And then like this whole work lane just sort of lives by itself. And that happens 85 times a year. And so we were like, there's so much intelligence inside of these work lanes or these channels. Mm-hmm. We just need to expose it. Yep. Yeah, a lot of, it almost feels like, not a clearinghouse, but just a database, right? I mean, just like, yes. so you can actually kind of see through the, uh, what do they say? See the trees through the forest type, right? Like yeah. maybe we can identify some early um, sites or data points or whatever. That's so interesting. Um, and you have to do this every year or at least refresh every year. Yeah. Now that we have the model, we're, we're going to be able to go quite a bit faster in yeah. just kind of analyzing the information. But the intention is on an annual basis, what you can expect from us is every year we're presenting kind of the prior 12 months of intelligence. So in the past Two years, there's been a ton of activity in automotive, battery manufacturing, semiconductor manufacturing, particularly places like Intel and Micron that went to New York, solar panel manufacturing, and then I would say the entire food industry. So that's food production, food packaging, food distribution. Those have been sectors that have like captured the majority of the market. What we know for sure is that three years from now, it's unlikely to be those same things. And so we hope that this annually just continues to inform our region on Mm -hmm. how to respond to the objective market data. Love it. Um, Okay. So as you mentioned, part of the event is focused around manufacturing investments specifically. In your opinion, why is it so important for NEO to focus on winning manufacturing attraction deals? Um, we'll start there. First part. Yeah, for Northeast Ohio, it's it's one of our leading competitive ad- advantages relative to other markets and metros across the United States. And when I think about it, Paul, I, I think about it as a maybe a few different big buckets. The first one is a deep and diverse supply chain. So that's established original equipment manufacturers, that's established suppliers of those manufacturers, and that ecosystem is sort of constructed. The second part, which sort of backs up that whole ecosystem, is the labor force. So it's decades and decades of a labor force that's skilled Mm -hmm. in metals manufacturing and food production. And what we find is there's these clusters of activity throughout the region that have different strengths, but that's sort of in place. The third is the educational system that surrounds that. So same thing. It's not, we're not in a position of having to create it. It has been created and now we're in a position of innovating and adapting the education system to current advanced manufacturing needs. But those systems are here. Your LCCCs, your Tri-C's, Stark State, Youngstown State, these locations, all these institutions that are training professionals to compete. 
The fourth is sort of the nonprofit ecosystem. So you think of an organization like Magnet and how much prowess and influence it has, particularly with small to medium-sized manufacturers and how crucial they are to our network. And then the fifth thing, and it, this is a Northeast Ohio advantage, but it's really an Ohio advantage, is exceptional market access. So for a company that wants to locate here, interstate system, ports, uh, air travel, all is very easy to get in and out. And so we do very well in terms of connections to other markets throughout the United States. So that's huge. And then let me connect the dot on developing opportunities. The manufacturing industry is enormous. So mm-hmm. many different types of manufacturers. We aim to get a lot more narrow in that industry. So let's take metals manufacturing, for example. The Youngstown area does great with metals manufacturing. So does the Canton area. And so we want to expose that those areas are best for metals manufacturers or suppliers to metals manufacturers. And then how do you attach a site inside of that specific sub-industry of manufacturing? We're confident that we can figure out how to build that business case and developing opportunities is going to help us to do it. I'm going to throw a left field question at you. I love it, man. How does, how does Amtrak uh, play into improving the overall viability or uh, attractiveness of the state of Ohio, if at all? Because I know I fully recognize like, you know, yes, Ohio has uh, rail and, uh, you know, products are being shipped. I, there's one right near my house. So I'm very, very aware it, Usually three in the morning, there is a sound. (laughs) Um, But how does adding more public transportation, you know, they always talk about the three C's in in Dayton. um, How does that help? If it does, which, you know, I'm assuming it does, but how does it help? Yeah. Is it specifically related to rail? Uh, Like a a commuter rail connector? Yes. Yep. The commuter rail, the three C's in D. Because you guys have it, but no one else does. Yeah. So it does this the commuter rail piece does not come up often in the site selection process. That doesn't mean that it can't be impactful or helpful. Um I think particularly if you're able to connect the three C's just to have some fun with that idea mm-hmm. in a forty five minute or an hour time, especially if you do the high speed piece. Yeah, be it can be sort of this creative solution to the labor force challenges. So you and I might have to pontificate about that on another podcast, but yep. Uh, yep. I'm generally supportive of more commuter rail. Yeah, that would be nice. Just go to a Browns game, not worry oh, about man. anything. You get off, yes. you watch it, you get back on. Amazing. Um, I will tell you, dude, on the on the public transportation piece, one thing that the data suggests to us is that food manufacturers uh, – particularly request information about public transportation access to sites. Hmm. And I yeah, think part sure of, it's on by a bus line or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you see, you know, around opportunity corridor, you've got that, you've got 
you know, Piers, Orlando, Maselli, essentially a little food cluster in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is, the, that's where the workforce is. And yeah. a lot of the workforce takes public transportation. So that's a competitive advantage for a site to have public transportation access related to food. And yep. so like, if you can expose that little point and then bring it up to the top and say, we've got a great site that has a bus stop right in front or, you know, full seven day a week service, that might be a way to help influence food manufacturers to look at your location. Yep. Got it. Um, okay. When, if people want to register for the event, um, where is it? When is it? Uh, where can, where can everybody go to get more information? Please go to the team Neo website and go to our events page. You'll see it as the, uh, one of the first events on there. We will be at Pleasant Valley Corporation's event center in Medina and the events on Tuesday, November 14th. From 8.30 to 10.30. And it's free to register. So um, we will have some information at the beginning, just sort of laying out the report details. And then we're excited that we're going to have two national site consultants join us for a fireside chat. Nice. Uh, we're going to have some fun talking about uh, the work, but also just sort of what's going on in the market, even outside of Ohio. So that'll be a bulk of the event. Awesome. That's great. All right, man, this has been good. Uh, This has been great, I should say. Um, We're going to get you out of here on some rapid fire questions. So as as quickly as you can answer them, whatever pops to your head first. Um, So first one, best piece of advice you've ever received. I don't know if it's the best, but it's coming to my mind. Uh, The phrase, this too shall pass. It's a very good one especially in the day-to-day uh, yes. stuff that we all deal with. <laughs> yes. um, second question, worst piece of advice you've ever received? Sleep is for losers. You don't need eight <laughs> hours of sleep. I, love I heard my- that early in my career a lot. Yep. I don't know if you did. Yep, yep. Sleep is for winners, and it's fantastic. Yes, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your best and or favorite book you've ever read? I don't know about best or favorite. But one that I've loved recently is a book called Unbroken by Laura Hildenbrand. Yes. It's a story about Louis Zamperini in World War II yes. who was, uh, flew and uh, was responsible for dropping bombs out of the plane. Yep. That story is amazing. Incredible. That came out a couple of years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yep. it spread like wildfire. I remember it was like number one on the New York Times list for I don't even know how long, but uh, yeah. I remember that coming out a couple of years ago. I got to <laughs> add that. Um, okay. Second to last one. Who inspires you? My mom, my dad, my friends, just my crew constantly hanging out with them, seeing what they're doing. I draw an enormous amount of stuff from those guys. And then Love I it. think maybe the last one, sorry to go on, but is anybody that dedicates their life to teaching? Hmm. I, I am I uh soft spot in my heart for anybody that's putting in that hard work. Yep. That's a great answer. Um okay, last one. Free publicity time for restaurants in Cleveland. Where is Bryce going out to eat? Where are your favorite uh spots in the city? Or just northeast Ohio? All right, I got three for you. 
Hit me. Ginkgo is number one in Tremont. Okay. Yep. Pier W in Lakewood for your fancy your fancy night out. I don't think we've gotten that one before. Okay, Pier W. When you're here next time, we'll go. We okay. will go. Done. And the last one is King Wa, which is a Chinese restaurant in Rocky River that I've been going to since I was a little kid, and it's the best Chinese food I've ever had. Wow. All right. I like it. Those are three rock solid answers right there. Um, Coming with it. Coming with it. Hey, I got one for you. I got one for you. Hit me. I, so, uh, I'm stealing this question. I listened to the Tim Ferriss show podcast and he asks his guests the billboard question. And I want to ask you the billboard question, which is if you could put a message on a billboard seen by millions of people, what would it be? Oh, man. He asked that to everybody at the end of the, at, at every episode? He does, yeah. I'll say, to whom much is given, much is required. I've Ooh. always loved that quote. I, I'm pretty sure it has a, this is bad, I'm pretty sure it has a religious background or connotation. Whether it does or doesn't, I think the reason why I love that quote is because I've been very, very lucky and blessed and fortunate in my life. And I think why that resonates is because it's that you're speaking to it like, hey, you know, you you had it uh, better than others, not the bet. Everyone struggles. Everyone has their things. Yeah. Um, but I think for people that are in a fortunate situation or, you know, grew up in a, in a good uh, situation that that has strings and it should have strings and i think yes. that's what I'm trying to get through yeah. like you should feel to your point like a call to service or a call to give back or a call to community or something you should feel that way so that's what i would try and get that message across i've always loved that that not that it's really a quote but that saying um that i'm, I'm gonna go with that i love it man good ending i love that's it that's a good ending that, you're the second guest now that has flipped it and asked me a question. I'm never ready. I'm never ready. That's a good one, the billboard. You know what he should do? I, I We should tweet it, Tim. I, maybe, I don't even know if he has a Twitter. But uh, we should get him to do a video of just rapid, everyone's answer. Just, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like an hour long of just those answers. That's got to be fantastic. I'd be a listener. I'd tell you right now. I would listen that to would that. Be, you'd get some really good one-liners from yeah. that. That's good. Well, Bryce, this is awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you coming on. And, um, you know, good luck with the event in a couple weeks. And, um, yeah, man, we'll have you on again soon. And I'm going to hold you to it next time I'm in Cleveland. We're going to – what is it? Pier? Pier W. Pier W. All right. Pier W. Done deal, man. Well, thank you again. And, uh, yeah, man, good luck. And we'll talk with you soon. Thanks, Paul. I'll see you, man.
Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Rust Belt Rundown. Make sure you check us out at rustbeltrecruiting.com. The Rust Belt Rundown is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and click on five stars if you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.